Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. I hope you've had a wonderful week, and I'm looking forward to just being with you today and and continuing our series called Mind Games. You know, our mind is like a computer. How you program it will determine how it's functioning. You know, you can have the best computer, uh, the most up-to-date computer that you can find, but if you have the wrong software in it, it will never uh, be up to par. In the same way, so many people are not living the life that they were meant to live, not because they have a defective uh, system, but it's because uh, their thinking has been contaminated. They start believing all the lies that the enemy comes. You know how those little negative lies that come your way? Oh, you're not talented enough. You're in over your head. And all of those things that the enemy comes to try to discourage you and to get you out of the game. You know, just like a virus can slow down a perfectly good uh, computer, wrong thinking can keep us from being the people that God wants us to be. So that's why we're in this series and we're looking at the verse from 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. The big idea for this series is this, that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Now, last week we talked about our, our minds being a battlefield, and we're going to continue that, that thought too. And one of the most effective tools that Satan, your enemy, uses against you and, and uses against you and your mind is the tool of fear. And we all deal with it. We all deal with fear at some point here and there. If we're honest, we, we're like the, the little boy that was given two lines to say in the annual play. He was supposed to go out on stage and said, it is I, be not afraid. That little boy walked out on stage. He looked around and saw all these uh, people looking at him. And he started to tremble and, and shake a little bit. He said, it's me and I'm scared. Sometimes we feel like that. It's me, I'm here, but, but I'm telling you, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what this week's going to be like. I don't know what's unfolding over here. I, I feel like I'm in the middle of this, and, and I don't feel comfortable. I am scared. We all deal with um, those sense of feelings uh, um, at, from time to time. And that's why Satan is always working against us. He knows that if he can get you defeated in your thoughts, that he can keep you defeated in your life. His tactics, you know, hadn't changed. In fact, he's been doing that for thousands of years. And today I want to talk to you about a story in the Old Testament that you're very familiar with, but it gives you an insight about how Satan uses... um, tactics to taunt you, to discourage you, 
And it all begins in the mind. It's the story of David and Goliath. Whether you were raised in church like I was, and, and maybe you're raised in Sunday school, you, you heard the story of David and Goliath, or maybe you've never entered church before, you've probably heard about a David and Goliath scenario. So it's a very familiar story here, but let's go deep. So today we're going to stay really in 1 Samuel 17. You know, sometimes we'll use a lot of different scriptures, but today we're just going to dive in to this one story, and just maybe you're going to learn some details of this story that you have not learned before. That's my goal here, is to teach you uh, really what was going on and maybe to help you to learn something that you just didn't know before about a familiar story. This story unfolded about 3,000 years ago. On the coast of Israel, a, neighbor, a neighboring country was going to come and attack Israel. And so they gathered their army and they started heading over the mountainsides toward Israel. Now, word got back to Saul that there's an invading army coming. So he gathered his army and they met there at the Sheplah Valley. Now, here's what was happening there. You've got um, the Philistines on one mountainside, and then you've got the Hebrews on another mountainside, and in the middle, there's the Sheplah Valley. And so every morning, the Hebrew people would come out, and they would begin saying their morning prayers. They'd be offering their sacrifices to their God. And as they are praying, as they're offering their sacrifice, the Philistines would send one man out, one man out to sling insults at Israel and their God. He wasn't just any man. He was a giant. He was a battle-tested champion named Goliath. Now, what do we know about Goliath? Goliath stood six cubits tall, which means he was nine foot nine inches tall, six cubits, and he was covered in a bronze armor from head to toe, and he had a, a bronze javelin in his hand that weighed 600 shekels, which was about 15 pounds. Ray Vandalon says that the writer wants you to see that Goliath was pure evil. Goliath was pure evil. He's covered in scales, six cubits tall, 600 shekels, and the book of Chronicles says that Goliath's brothers had six fingers and six toes. Now, that's a lot of sixes there, and to the Hebrews, six is the unholiest number of them all. So they see Goliath covered in scales like a snake, and ancient readers would read this story, and they would see six, 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 and the scales, and they would realize that this opposing person was pure and utter evil. Over a period of 40 days, the Bible says that Goliath came and he taunted the Israelites. And it's interesting to me that he would come and taunt the Israelites at the time that they were praying. They were seeking the Lord. We're in 21 days of prayer. Have you ever noticed that when you take a step forward in your faith, that oftentimes things start to go wrong? Have you ever noticed that, you know, you said, okay, I am going to attend church, and you come to church, and then all of a sudden, you have a flat tire. 
It's just like those little things that we make it a point that we're going to move forward in our faith. Maybe we're going to show up for 21 days of prayer, and then we'll take two steps forward, and then we find ourselves being pushed three steps backwards that we're not making progress. That shows the spiritual tension of it, the spiritual battle. And we've got to understand that we are in an ongoing spiritual conflict. And this conflict has been going on ever since Satan tried to overthrow heaven and was cast out. And there's been this war going on. But he it pictures himself in uh, people that try to intimidate us and to attack us and, and make us afraid. And for 40 days, Goliath taunted the Israelites. And they were afraid and they were scared for their lives. So we pick up the story in 1 Samuel, in Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Goliath stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for, uh, for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, notice this, Saul and all the Israelites, what? Were dismayed and they were terrified. Think about this. Nobody had been hurt at this point. There's been no attacks at this point. Nobody had been killed at this point. But yet, the whole country, they were dismayed and they were terrified. What had happened? Just words. It was a mind game. It was the enemy coming in to taunt and to belittle. It was a mind game where Goliath paralyzed an entire nation with fear. Verse 16, for 40 days, the Philistine came forward. Every morning, for 40 days, every morning and every evening, and he came out and took his stand. And whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. They were afraid. When the scripture says, am I not a Philistine, if you look in the original Hebrew, it really says, am I not the Philistine, which means that he was the biggest and baddest uh, of strongest person in all the country. So he stood there day after day after day, shouting uh, taunts and threats to trying to intimidate. Does that sound familiar? Because, see, the truth of the matter is we have an enemy. You have an enemy. You have a Goliath. A Goliath that comes to bring worry and fear. A Goliath that comes to bring anxiety on you. And he's taunting you. And that enemy will expose the very weak areas of your life to in somehow compromise you and to bring you down with guilt and shame and fear and intimidation. Your Goliath, he sits by your bed and he is waiting for the moment that you wake up. And as soon as you wake up, he's hoping to be the first voice that you hear. He wakes you up with words of worry. He wakes you up with thoughts of stress. He says, oh, you don't have what it takes. Oh, you'll never make it through that. How in the world did you even get here? I mean, come on, this is way above your pay grade. It's words like that. It's just he keeps on feeding at, uh, to you to try to discourage you. 
Day after day, your Goliath taunts, teasing, boasting. He's unleashing negativity on you. He's unleashing fear, fear of being in debt, fear of going bankrupt, fear of disease, fear of depression. All of us deal with this. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle. You look around this auditorium today, and so many times we look at other people in the auditorium, and we think, man, they've they got it all together. They never have any problems. And we convince ourselves that everybody has it together except us. And, and when we do that, we find ourselves being isolated. But that's not the case. All of us struggle. All of us struggle. And the question this morning is, do you know who your Goliath is? What is your, can you name him? What is that thing that is holding you back? What is that thing that is taking you down? Is it a coworker? Is it a boss? Is it a calling that you've put on a shelf? Is it that thing that you're just, you want to do, but you're so scared? And you feel like that little boy on the stage, I'm here, but I'm scared. All of us deal with that. Goliath, for 40 days, taunted the Israelites. To them, he was larger than life. And he made them feel like they didn't have a chance. You see, giants defeat us not because they're big, but because they make us feel so small. For 40 days... Goliath threatened. For 40 days, he threatened until one day a young shepherd boy named David came. David wasn't even supposed to be there. His parents had sent him um, to the front lines to take supplies because he had three older brothers in the military. So he was taking food and supplies. And he got to the camp and he, he dropped off the food and supplies with the cook there. And then he headed on to the front line. And when he got to the front line that day, he heard Goliath for himself. He heard the threats. David heard that, that giant defied not only the armies of Israel, but defied God himself. And at that moment, David realized that this was more than a physical threat, but this was a spiritual challenge. And when he heard that and he felt that, something inside of him says, somebody ought to do something. Somebody ought to do something. Have you ever had that thought? Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're in your family. Maybe you see something in the community. Maybe you see something at the church here, a need here. And your thought is, you know what, this is a problem. Somebody ought to do something. Could it be the reason that you're even thinking like that is because God is prompting you to be the person to step up and do something about it? And so David stepped up. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant, I'm here. I'll go and fight him. David saw what other people couldn't see, that this was more than a conflict between two armies, but this was a conflict between good and evil. So David took a stand. He believed down in his innermost being that God was going to help him through this. He believed that God was big enough to handle it. You see, 
When your God is big, the task before you will seem small. It's all in how big is your God? All of us face obstacles and challenges. And so many times it's, they feel like it's uh, so much uh, bigger than our ability to handle them. David knew that Goliath was physically stronger. He is physically bigger than he was. But David also knew that the battle that he was fighting was the Lord's battle. The battle that he was fighting was the, the Lord's battle. How about you? What kind of battles are you fighting this week? Maybe something in your personal life? Maybe in your family? Maybe in your career? I just want to say you don't have to fight this battle alone. You don't have to fight this battle alone. There are other people that have been through what you are going through. I know you don't believe that. Because so many times we isolate ourselves to the point where we think that nobody knows the pain, nobody knows the struggle that I'm going through. And some of you have got huge battles. And I would just say to you, call on the Lord. Put your trust in him. And let's just, just, just remember that God's bigger than this. God's got this. He's bigger than this problem. Whatever this is problem is, God's got this. When David stepped forward, Goliath threatened him. And Goliath said to him, oh, come here. I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David heard Goliath say this, but deep down inside, he said, yeah, you're mouthing off. I know that my God is bigger than that. David said to the Philistines, oh, you come against me. You come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel that, in whom you have defiled. David was aware that God's presence was with him. You see, when you become aware of the presence of God in your life, fear will leave. That's why 21 days of prayer is so important. For 21 days, we're carving out time just to be aware of God's activity, to be aware of God's presence. Because when you are aware of the presence of the Lord, the fear is going to leave. Verse 48, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly. He ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him and reaching in his bag, taking a stone, taking out a stone. And David didn't run away from the battle. He ran toward the battle. So many times when I feel attacked, I have this tendency, I want to get away from that. I want to move as far away from that as possible. I want to run the other way. Now, I do that using a lot of different methods. One easy method that we often use is, oh, you know, we're just so busy. We just can't handle that right now. Oh, I'm, I'm slammed. And so we use excuses like that to keep us from addressing issues that we need to address. And the reason we don't want to address them is because we're afraid. We're like that little boy said, I'm here, but I'm scared. We're scared. There comes a point where we have to confront our fear because you can't run from fear. Because if you run from fear, wherever you show up, fear is going to be waiting for you at the door. You have to confront it. 
If you'll confront your fear, you'll see that your fear will go the other way. When you become aware of God's presence, your fear is going to leave. So David ran and he picked up a stone. To the natural observer, this is crazy. What do you mean, picking up a stone? They thought that no one could be an enemy like Goliath with a stone. But this was no ordinary stone. This stone was laced with God's power. Verse 49, reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he, he slung it. He struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank down in his forehead, and he fell to the ground. Goliath never knew what hit him. It was like instantly lights out, and a mighty crash, he hit the ground. Verse 50, then David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. Notice this. He took the Philistine's sword, and he drew it out of his seat. Uh, sheath, and he killed him and cut off his head with his sword. Two things here. It's interesting to me. You know, you can read this story over and over. And I'm telling you, you know, we've, I started hearing this story in Sunday school. And that was a long time ago. A long time ago. But sometimes you can hear the story and just kind of miss some of the details of the story. And sometimes it's in the details that you have a greater understanding and you see yourself. I never thought until this week, literally, that the, the, the connection of that stone hitting the forehead. The forehead. The forehead is the mind. It's where your thoughts are created. So David was attacking the very thing, defeating the very thing that Satan was throwing against him. He hit him in the forehead, a person's thought. He fell to the ground, he grabbed the sword. Now, it's an interesting thing. In Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament, uh, there's some other um, battle imagery in the Scriptures, and, and it's talking about spiritual conflict, the challenges that we have, and he talks about the armor of God. That when we go to advance the cause of Christ, we need to put on the armor of God. Do you realize that one of the pieces of the armor of God that we have is that we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Here's the point. I believe that you'll have victory when the Word of God, when you use the Word of God to cut off the voice of the enemy. David literally cut the voice off of Goliath. And we have this in spiritual terms that we can cut off the voice of the enemy with the word of God. God has equipped us with weapons to overcome every scheme of the enemy. God has equipped us with weapons. We can do this. Now, Satan's primary weapon is lies. He will lie to you. So what is the counter weapon to that? The counter weapon to that is the truth of God's word. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was on a 40-day fast. In fact, he went out into the wilderness, and he was using this time as a spiritual devotion to prepare himself for his public ministry, to be with his heavenly Father, and then he went out. Well, on the 40th day of that fast, if you can imagine 
He's not eaten for 40 days. He's physically emaciated. He's emotionally worn out. He's utterly exhausted. He's relationally isolated at this point in his life. Satan comes, and Satan uses three half-truths to attack him. Yet Jesus defeated him by quoting Scripture. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the voice of the Father. Three verses were enough for a physically emaciated, emotionally worn, utterly exhausted, relationally isolated person to crush the embodiment of evil. You see, Jesus was in a battle with Satan. There was a fight, but Jesus won. Jesus won. Now, we know that Jesus eventually went to the cross. Have you ever thought about that? This is came to light uh, in my study this week. When you think about the crucifixion itself, every detail of the cru- crucifixion communicates a promise. Every place where Jesus was wounded reveals a way for us to walk in victory. As Jesus was being crucified, what did they do? They placed a crown of thorns on him. On his head, as the place where uh, his thoughts would um, generate. So, when your mind is racing and your thoughts are spiraling out of control, Jesus is not saying, Come on, Marty, you can work harder, you can try harder. If you really give it all, you can beat this. No. Jesus is saying, Marty, 2,000 years ago, I endured mental and emotional abuse. My mind was so tormented that my vision was blurred. I had so much anxiety that my sweat came out as drops of blood. But listen, my suffering secured your victory. My pain ensured your peace. My mind was torn apart so that you could be mentally whole and made whole. And when Jesus said, it is finished, because of what he endured on the cross, we can have victory. So today is the day of victory. Victory begins when we confess our fear to the Lord. Yes, confess it. Confess it as if it were sin. Because you know, hundreds of times in the Bible, you'll see those words, do not fear, be not afraid. And so if over and over and over and over, the Bible says, do not fear, be not afraid, but yet we fall into that, we're disobeying God. So we say, God, I am so sorry, but I am scared. I need help. Have you been that honest with God? Say, God, I'm so scared here. I need help. Listen to what David said. David, yes, the one who defeated Goliath, he wrote these words in Psalm 34. He said, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. 
And he delivered me from all of my fears. I believe that God is here to deliver you. Last Sunday, we started this series. And after church, I got a, <clears throat> a note from a creaker who is suffering with COVID. In fact, she was on the COVID ward of a hospital. And she was there for 11 days, really fighting. And she sent me this picture. She said, Marty, I've got two cards taped to my bed so that I can see these cards at all times. One card said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the second card said, I will not be defeated and I will not be scared. Now, she's not living in denial. She understood the situation she's in. She's still in a difficult place. But what she knows most of all is that her life is in the hands of the Lord. I think we forget that. We forget that we have a heavenly father that is fighting for us. That we forget that our lives are in his hands. And it is a battle. She has faith, but it's a battle. And that battle begins in your mind because the enemy will come in and say, you're not going to make it. This is the end. You're not going to make it. You'll never get well. You'll never accomplish your dreams. You'll never break this addiction. Your best days are over. That's how Satan works. He uses fear. But I want you to stand in faith. I want you to stand in faith believing that God is going to hear and answer your prayer. You see, fear says that pain in your side, it's the same thing your grandmother had. You know, she died of that. That's what fear tells you. But faith tells you, no, that, that pain that you're suffering is only temporary, that you're going to be healed. Fear says that business is slow and and buddy, you're about to go under. But faith says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Fear says that you've been through so much, you're never going to be happy again. You made your bed, you're going to lie in it. This is your fault and this is your life. But faith says, no, no, no. My best days are ahead. I will live and not die. I, my faith is in the Lord. Here's the key. Whatever you meditate on is what's going to take root in your life. Because you see, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. You can't think defeat and expect to have victory. You can't think weakness and have strength. Your life is going to follow your, your thoughts. Victory starts in the mind. So you've got to receive God's word. David said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me, not from some of my fears, but he delivered me from all of my fears. We're going to seek the Lord. That's what 21 days of prayer is about. It's about seeking the Lord. And what's he saying? He is going to answer me. He is going to deliver me. Today, God is going to touch you. 
God is going to hear your prayers. God is going to answer your needs. I believe God is going to deliver you. So what is it that you need God for? What is your Goliath? What is that giant? What are those negative things that are trying to shape who you are becoming? Today is a new day because victory is here in Jesus' name. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you. And in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Now, typically, when I ask you to stand up, this is what happens. You know, you grab your purse, you grab your coffee, you grab all this stuff. You get ready because you're thinking, i got to get out and, and get to the parking lot. Take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. And just give me three minutes. Just give me three minutes because I want you to stand in the presence of the Lord. Because when you stand in the presence of the Lord, fear's going to leave. Fear's going to leave. When you stand in the presence of the Lord, He's going to change your life. And so, in a few minutes, we're going to stand. But as we stand, I'm going to ask you, what do you need from the Lord? And as you stand, I want you to think about that. And we're going to bring that need to the Lord. And he's going to hear and answer that prayer. So let's stand together in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to pray over you. And as I pray over you, I just want you to have this attitude of, God, I receive what you have for me. God, touch me, and you know, you're, I'm naming this Goliath, whatever it is. It could be fear, intimidation. It could be um, the issues that you're dealing with, a person or a job or a future or a past. or Whatever that is, we all have things that are trying to hold us back. We're going to name that. And then we're going to call on the name of the Lord, and he is going to deliver. Okay? I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray over this congregation today. I pray over those watching online. I pray, God, that you would break the spirit of oppression over people in this room. There are people that are bound up. You're bound by things that have control, that in the past you used to fight it, but now you just surrender to it. In the name of Jesus, this stops today. I pray, Father, that the power of the enemy is broken over people's lives today. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that that evil power that is controlling you is broken. Those negative voices that is controlling your destiny is broken over you. Father, I pray for those that are struggling with alcohol, with addictions. I pray in the name of Jesus that today, today, that that desire, today, that longing, today, that taste would be taken away. Come, Holy Spirit, let your presence be here. Father, I pray for that couple that is just struggling because of the tension. That tension they're struggling with, and it, it's, it's like a, it's an ongoing tension. 
This was not just something that just developed over the last week or two, but this is a tension that has been under the service, under the surface for months and even years. It's like a nagging thing that's just uh, a nagging negative thing. I pray in the name of Jesus, Satan, we're breaking the power over this family. No more. No more. I pray that the angels of heaven would guard your house. In Jesus' name, where there's been jealousy and there's been anger, we surrender that to the blood of Jesus. And God, I ask that you'd bring freedom in Jesus' name. Come, Lord, move. Move in this place today. Holy Spirit, come. Fill this place with your presence, Lord. Now start to name your Goliath. Father, we just name that Goliath, that, that issue, that, that problem. And we ask God that you would come and that you would help. That you would help and you would deliver and you would bring hope that you would change people today, Lord. So we give it over to you and we receive what you have for us. Say that, God, I receive what you have for me. Say that. Say, Jesus, I receive what you have for me. I receive this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.